0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Real Talk with Jodi and Dow. My name is Shaman Dow. I am your no-nonsense shaman, and here is my most wondrous and courageous co-host Jodi.
1: Go ahead and introduce yourself, Jodi. Thank you, Ms. Dow. My name is Jodi Long, and I am your truth finder extraordinaire. Extraordinaire. <laughs>
0: And today we are talking about the afterlife and what is the afterlife and should we be afraid of it? As many of you who have been listening, you know that Jody and her husband is the owner of Enderf and it is a largest collection of near-death experiences, stories from around the world. And Jody, for those joining us for the very first time, go ahead and explain to everyone what your
1: life is. Long research has been about. Our lifelong research has basically been about the near death experience, which is what happens to people after they die. A person will die. They will go over to the other side and have an experience, and then they will come back and then they will tell us about it. An afterlife is just that. It is a life that happens after this life. I think most people can agree on that, but the question is whether what that looks like. And that can be anything from you go in the ground, you're planted, that's it. Or you can go on and you can have another life or you can have many different lives or you can merge with God and other people will believe that you might merge with the devil. So that's one of the things we're going to talk about also, because I believe it's important for people to understand why you don't need to be afraid of the afterlife.
0: this is such a great topic because many people are afraid of death and when i think of death it really is a beginning of a journey because when there is a beginning there is an ending and the afterlife from a buddhist perspective is a space to go and hang out until you're reincarnated until you're called back down into the earth plane given that you are still learning life lessons and you need to be reincarnated into the next life but if we all were in said the afterlife or this holding phase from a buddhist perspective uh then if we if we learned our lessons then we'd ascend to be ascended masters and i know many people who they're afraid. They're so afraid, not only for themselves, but for many others and a lot of loved ones to go and they see the expiration of a physical form on this plane as it. But talking about the afterlife and through religious and non-religious terms, it shows that there's something so much more than the physical form and how the physical form, we are souls living this human experience. How does one not fear the afterlife or expiring from our physical form? How does one go about that, Jody?
1: Well, I don't want to sound flippant, but I'm going to, to show you <laughs> a way that I conceptualize it. Okay. It's like fear of death is like you're boldly going where nobody else has gone before. You don't really actually know and ears do, but a lot of other people do not. And I think that what happens is when somebody is afraid of something, you look at why they're afraid. And I think most of it is because it is fear of the unknown. And so a lot of times when I'm talking to people, I'll say, okay, well, let's take a look at these near-death experiences. What I did for my grandfather is he was getting ready to pass over. He moved into the long-term care facility. And he was interested in the near-death experience. And my grandmother had passed away several years before him. And I said, well, if you'll be interested in it, what I'll do is I'll get some stories for you. I made them in big, you know, blew them up so that they'd be really big so he could read them. And I I put it in this big four-inch binder and gave it to him. And he was so thankful. And what that has a tendency to do is it takes away that unknown because you read out of 5,000 stories on that website, you're going to read time and again what it's like over there. You're going to read about love. You're going to read about peace. You'll read about hope. You'll read about merging into the one, into the source, into God. You'll read about all these things that are so positive that after reading so many of them, yeah, there might be maybe one, I'd say maybe 2%, 3% uh, that might be negative, but the overwhelming majority of them are positive. And it doesn't matter what that person has done in their life. I mean, if they go in and they, they have enough energy, they will automatically be able to be absorbed in this beautiful, loving realm. A lot of people have described it sort of like a hospital because when they go over there, it's about this, this love, peace, caring. And, and a lot of people, they don't even feel that on earth. And so when they go over there, it's like they say, Oh, well, something over there is so much better than here. So why would I possibly fear that? And a lot of times they may get angry that somebody has the nerve to pull them back, you know, because they <laughs> were ready to go. To you read it. I mean, it's all its all there. You get 5,000 experiences and you realize that they really can't make this up. They're all very, very similar. And so it follows a certain pattern. I mean, there's so many different things about it. I think a lot of times when people understand more what an MDE is, it is a state of consciousness This time it's the consciousness. We have three websites and all of them are devoted to different aspects of consciousness. Now the after-death communication, that'll tell you that there's an afterlife because people are talking to people that have passed over. And most of the time with the after-death communication, what happens is people will hear from the other side and it's when a loved one has passed over. And a lot of times 33% of the time, it's a blood relative, which really makes you wonder. And a lot of times they're trying to tell you that it's okay. I'm fine. Don't worry about me. You know, those are the types of messages that are conveyed in these types of experiences. And then you have other experiences. And I know this is a little bit different. It's not, quote, the afterlife, but it's a continuum of consciousness, And so you have your spiritually transformative events, your experiences, you'll have like out-of-body experiences, you can have telepathy, all these types of things are things that are not necessarily projected from the body. These are something that is outside of the body that has these experiences, and that part of the body is immortal. So no matter what happens on the other side, you are immortal. And a lot of times when people are in a different state of consciousness, it's basically a thought world. Mm. And it's also a world of creation. And so if a person thinks about it, they can go over to the afterlife, and they can do whatever they want, any way they want to do it. You know, so it's like, wow, you want to fish all day? No problem. And You can fish for as long as you want. It's a mental place. And you're still surrounded by love and peace and calm. You feel like you're a projection of God. I mean, all these things are so beautiful over there. So it's hard to understand if a person is really reading about these things and they start to understand what it is over there, they would lose their fear of death. And that is the number one compliment that I get on the websites. They say, wow, thank you so much because I'm not afraid of death anymore. And it's all because of the indie ears. We're just posting it. We're just showing them what's up there. That's incredible. I mean, it's incredible to
0: alleviate an emotion that is pent up and heavy. And as you were speaking, what I thought was the soul never dies. As you were talking through all these experiences and the soul never dies and the amazing ability to alleviate and open really, you are opening up the eyes and beliefs and perceptions of people who weren't able to see it any other way. A lot of people who have fear and who experience fear of the afterlife, of dying, of going or the other side or not, it's just, it's really not knowing and it's really not seeing it any other way. And the collection of stories that you have gifted the world is something to hold really dear, to allow love to trump the emotion of fear in a lot of human's hearts is something that's so miraculous that it happens every single day. So when people are not used to miracles, all they need to do is really look
1: at your sights, right? <laughs> I, I think that's a great way to put it. I mean, it, it's wonderful. It's so beautiful. And I think that a lot of times I looked up some statistics because I know what our our near-death experiencers think, and it's it's pretty high. The change of people When they go into the experience and then how they feel about an afterlife, eh, you maybe got 40, 50%, but afterwards, you're really close to like 95% uh, believe in an afterlife afterwards. I mean, to me, that kind of a change is is remarkable anyways. The things that they learn that's on the other side, and then you realize, you know, like Plato's cave. And I know a lot of people have used this one, but it is it's a dandy. I mean, it it really, <laughs> it really <laughs> comes home to what all of this is about. People who have been, they know nothing but the cave. And then the light can shine from the firelight and they can sort of see that light. But when they come out of the cave, that's when they can really experience their world. And mm-hmm. in many ways, That is what we're doing here on earth is we've been in a cave and the people who are able to leave this body, they are the ones who are actually the lucky ones. I know a lot of people cry for them and many ways it hurts dearly to lose a loved one because you're so close to them. But if you're worried about what's going to happen to them on the other side, They're in a much better place than we are. But I also want
0: to add, because I've had experience with this, a lot of people who lose their loved ones in the physical form, and when they cry to their loved ones and they want them to stay in this realm a lot of those loved ones actually end up staying in this realm and not going to the afterlife. They don't, they don't go into that holding space. They don't go into the light because they are now here on this plane. And so the afterlife, I want to know your thoughts on this, the afterlife, if we were to give it dimension, where would it be? What dimension? Cause we're on the third dimension, right? Well, theoretically, Some of
1: us are. Some of us are. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. (laughs) I think theoretically, a lot of it depends on how you view the nature of the soul. Mm -hmm. And I have a tendency to believe that because we are immortal, that we are a multidimensional being. And because of that, when a person, like for instance, when somebody wants to celebrate Cinco de Mayo. Mm-hmm. and and celebrate that their loved ones are there. My guess is they probably really are. Now, the question is, what part of that person is there? Because the person that was here on earth, maybe only a part of them came for the celebration, and maybe the rest of it has reunited with their oversoul. That's the way that I look at it, but I know a lot of people, they may actually stay here. I mean, because... One thing you learn when you do this kind of research, never believe somebody if it says all or nothing, Mm -hmm. because there's all kinds of things in between. And so in my mind, yes, there may be some people who stay on Earth for the benefit of their loved ones. They may feel like they are a guide. Maybe they're watching a precocious child, making Mm -hmm. sure they do grow up. You know, I mean, there's any number of things that could be going on. So, yes, some may stay here. Some may go there. Some may be part here and there. This is only one space in time in a three-dimensional reality. And any other reality, if they're in a three-dimensional world here, chances are good they probably are any number of possibilities based on their choices. So you've got alternate realities. So for me, trying to bring it down and say, oh, well, this is this, this is that, I can't do it <laughs> because it's, it's so expansive. <laughs> your,
0: your answer is so spot on. In a lot of people probably wouldn't see it that way. I see it perfect. I see it perfectly because... We are so complex and it is so nuanced and there's so many different layers. And I remember when I began on my journey and I was like, there's really no rule book or there's no workbook for any of this. <laughs> you know, I was sitting there I was like, how am I supposed to really understand? And of course, there's courses out there and there's modalities out there that you could learn from, but these modalities were these healing modalities were created differently. I mean, from, you know, one person on this plane out of so many billion people and they were channeling this one tiny, tiny bit of information, you know, coming from the ethers and source. And it's like the tip of a toothpick, if you really think about it in regards to everything that we know and we don't know. And one person to be channeling, you know, all this information is the tip of a toothpick on this, like, Gigantic canvas board. With well, let ones- me ask you a question.
1: Yeah. Now, what have you observed? Because I know you're out of your body a lot. <laughs> <laughs> have Have you observed dead people? I mean, have you the afterlife? Have you observed it? I've observed a lot in regards
0: to. Uh, I know. Yeah. So that's that's <laughs> also a very loaded uh, question because I the one word that it's coming to me is expansion, right? Like the afterlife to me is expansion. And so to jump from this body into quote unquote afterlife is to expand oneself and to the expansion aspect of that is all and nothing. And so that would be to me personally, the void. And then, so you jump out of body into the void and then from that moment you go and transmute or transform into wherever and whatever you need to be to move through time and space and i know deep down inside that the afterlife is is here it's with me and you right now right and i i never was afraid of the afterlife it wasn't something that i had a fear of and i remember one person coming to mind that they were so afraid of the afterlife But because their parent passed away and they were afraid for them, hence, they were afraid themselves. I have psychic medium capabilities. I have a lot of player abilities. And I was able to give them a message from their past parent, you know, from the other side. And it was something that they needed to relieve their pent up fear, just like your website is doing for many people around the world. And I feel that we all play a part in, we all have a part on this planet. And I would do that for certain people. I do many different things depending on what the person needs. And so like the afterlife, I've had many of instances and stories of giving and relaying messages from those who have physically passed away. And so because of that, I know that they're never gone. They're never gone. They're there somewhere in that afterlife, wherever the afterlife may be, because it is, we're multidimensional beings, wherever the afterlife and wherever the soul fragment and fractal may go off to is where they're hanging out. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, the, the souls and entities and spirits and soul fragments and thought forms, they're hanging out in the ether somewhere. And the ethers move every single second of every single day. And even within the seconds, there are seconds and milliseconds. And that's, why I appreciate you and our connection, because we both see it as there's not just one answer. There's so many answers. (laughs) (laughs) There's no concrete, like I'm the same. If you use the word all, or, you know, one way, there's no one way. There's, there's not all. I, I asked myself this when I was younger and I'm, you know, asking myself when I was in church and the priest would say, this is the way this is the way to salvation and happiness. I'm like, but that person is not Catholic and they're really happy. So I'm not, I'm not sure how you're saying that this is the way, you know, I've seen, I've, I've heard, I felt spirits and the afterlife. And, uh, I feel because of my abilities to connect with the afterlife, I've never been necessarily afraid of it. But I know so many people who are so afraid of it. And fear is the emotion. Basically, it's you fear the unknown. And yes, the unknown, if you think about a dark void or the abyss, is
1: it's to be something to be afraid of. Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking of of a lot of the the different customs that people have. And I believe there's like this, it's an Asian place where they actually venerate the dead and they put them up on the tops of the mountains and that because they believe that's where they go. A lot of times you read all the stories all hallows eve and all these things have to do with the difference between life and death. And I was actually surprised when I was reading a book. It was actually a fellow fairly recently, and he he wrote a book on the, it was a book of the dead, but it was more like a, it was modern book of the day. And he was talking about all these different customs of people. A lot of places will actually celebrate when somebody dies. Then they went into the Custom of the hungry ghost, <laughs> you know, that where you had to distract the ghost with this paper money. I think that's a the Chinese custom or one of them. We um, we burn yeah. it, yeah. We burn we burn paper money, yeah. Oh, okay. To keep the ghosts uh, happy, or, and you try really hard not to bring them into a place of drinking with you, <laughs> because <laughs> if you do, they may, might not go. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's
0: actually spirits. The name of spirit, why alcohol has the name spirits is because of how spirits would actually jump into you when you are under the influence. (laughs) 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 And as someone who specializes in spirit releasement therapy, I will agree. Yes, that happens. And, (laughs) (laughs) And that's why I've released many, many spirits that way. And in the Vietnamese culture, in the in the Asian culture, yes, we we do burn paper money and paper clothes, and we gift them our ancestors and the spirits what we feel that they would need in the afterlife. And we burn it as it burns, it goes up into the ethers and it goes into the air and then our spirits and our ancestors and whoever that we are praying to, and we wish them well and you know, they receive this money. I will say, yes, there is some fear in regards to, it goes back to intention and the intention of if you're burning the money, if you're burning the gifts, if you are doing that offering a ritual, because you want them to be happy, you want them to be served and nourished and all of that stuff, or you are afraid that they're going to come back and haunt you. So. It's a custom Chinese and Vietnamese I'm pretty sure in other East Asian cultures too and I mean in India they burn the bodies on the Ganges
1: I think one of the things that everybody wants to know about but it's kind of like the elephant in the room mm-hmm. what about hell <laughs> Do people go to hell and if they do is it because they were so bad when they were here? I'll give my perspective and then I'd like to hear hear your perspective mm-hmm. uh, but from what I can tell, I think that a lot of times through the NDEs from what I've read, it seems to me that the people that go to hell are usually, many of them can be very mean spirited and it's a wake up call because the NDE is actually a spiritual type of experience. It gets people on track and they say, Oh, yeah, yeah, I've got to, I got to reform because I really do want to get to heaven. On some level, their soul has said, Okay, you're on the wrong track. So we'll give you a near death experience so that you can get back on the right track. But it's not something that happens to somebody unless they have allowed this experience to happen. And many times it may come from a soul contract that they had uh, prior that what happens if you go off the rails, you know, what do you want to happen? And some people may say, well, I need to, you know, I feel really bad. I need to suffer. A lot of it is self-flagellation. They're doing that with their, you know, oh, I was so bad. I was so bad. (laughs) (laughs) But I also believe that there is a type of thought and, you know, maybe this is not what happens to everybody, but I think that The way the earth is formed, it's a three-dimensional plane. And around the earth, a lot of the negative thoughts and energies, they really do surround the earth. And I think sometimes if somebody doesn't have enough energy or if they have cultivated that negativity, they might actually get stuck. In those planes, because I know that the Bardo, which is Tibetan, maybe a little bit of Buddhism. I'm not sure if people go on the Bardo. Though they have the lower realms, have things like pus. You know, I mean, they got all this nasty stuff. You know, but then as they go up the seven levels, it gets light and beautiful, just like you'd see in an NDE. But a lot of it has to do with the energy that a person carries with them, because we are energy. And if a person has been full of love and been full of cultivating the positives and bringing as much light into their life as they possibly can and helping others to find their light because compassion, showing compassion to other people, I think that when a person has that kind of energy, they can't be trapped in any of these negative type things. And so that's kind of how I view it. But I I know that... It's only one part of a very large spectrum of what could happen for hell. I mean, we have a near-death experience. One guy went to hell because he wanted to show that he could overcome it. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was a personal test for him, you know, kind of like like King Arthur. You know, I mean, he's he found the Holy Grail, you know, by <laughs> being able to stand up to negativity. So I think that that's sort of in my mind what happens, but I'm always open. I'm always listening to everybody. I don't believe you go to hell because somebody's going to judge you other than yourself, but I think judgment is a big part of why people say that they're going to hell.
0: The last 8 years for me personally, I've had a lot of sessions and hours, and not necessarily a lot of sessions, but I every client that I've had I've put in more hours than normal um, in regards to really getting to the root cause of their trauma on this plane. Let it be through ancestral, let it be the past lives, parallel lives, the whole shebang. And usually because I specialize in spirit releasement therapy through hypnotherapy, and then it evolved into exorcisms, 2% of the releasements that I have had over the last eight years have resulted in the entity or demonic being or the spirit being taken back into what people would probably see as hell. The other 98%, I was able to successfully release whatever contract it was, whatever demonic being it was, and guide them safely into the light because spirit releasement therapy is compassionate depossession. And I'm not there to slap it out of someone or yell it out of someone, you know. So, (laughs) so the the spirit and entity is gonna hang out. Like in the other corner of the room to jump into another person. You know, I want to make sure that they're safely guided into the light. And, but actually, even before that moment, they can see and feel the light within and they could feel how warm and loving it is. And then the light overtakes them. And now they're the light. And now we're crossing over into absolute, quote unquote, heaven. But the 2%, Jodi, the 2%, there was one spirit i I tapped into and found and trigger warning for those listening, he was hiding behind children's spirits. And the reason he was hiding behind these children's spirits was because he was a pedophile. Mm. And the children that he was hiding behind, and I was sifting through because he was nest, they were all nested. but i I didn't take it as face value when I was finding these children, I could feel there was something else. So I kept on digging and I kept on digging. And then I found this spirit and it was a guy, he was a male spirit. And I just get goosebumps. She's been thinking about it because the client that I was releasing this spirit from, she asked me even before I never go into session thinking it's spirit releasement therapy, right? I go into it. Telling myself, and the intention is we're going to get to the root cause of this person's turmoil in however form or fashion. And that is my goal. And this client, she asked me what was the reason of these really evil visions and thoughts that she was having. Very sweet soul. And I said, sometimes things happen this way, and we're going to figure it out together. And by session three, I ended up finding this spirit. And I was guiding him in regards to seeing the light within. But I swear to God, Jody, everything was like, stop. You need to stop this right now because now we're coming in to get him. And I never experienced that before in my life. And I was like, oh, okay. And I heard and I felt and I stayed silent. There was a door. I I saw in my vision a door open up and it went. Crack. And the spirit, this male spirit, he was afraid because he didn't want to go there. He was afraid, Jody. He was afraid. And I said, I it's not up to me. This is this is not my doing. I'm not going to touch it because I know that if I messed with it, it would mess with my karma because I'm not allowed to even touch that. And the door opened up and these black things emerged and grabbed him into the door. And then, wow. it closed. Mm-hmm. and wow. then I, and I was like, okay. And I remember my client. Oh my God. My, I remember my client after all that. I do a light hypnosis, a light trance, but sometimes I anchor them in deeper and deeper. And depending on our connection and where I'm taking them, and I remember her waking up and she looked at me and I looked at her and sometimes people are fuzzy about what happens in sessions, but they just know they feel lighter and they feel more at peace. She was at peace with herself. We wow. can talk about inner peace. It was just like, she's like, no wonder. And then she starts going into these visions and these visions of just absolute, really, really disgusting and nasty visions of children. And she didn't understand where they were coming from. And this is, she's not one of my, she's one of the other, I've had more clients. I've had pedophile spirits attached to them, but she just felt like this spirit was evil. And it was like the first one where the door opened up. And I was like, I just hands off. And I said, this isn't, (laughs) I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go into it. So when we talk about hell, right? And when we talk about hell, I feel we are living in hell. This is hell. I agree with you. Yeah, this is hell. If you look around, see how much darkness it is. Many people live in pockets of light, but there's not enough pockets of light to make the world an absolute ball of light. We are living in an absolute ball of darkness. And you look around, underneath, around, in every, all the control, it is complete darkness. We are living in hell. And we. And the battle is the pockets of our light within to shine as big and bright as possible, to connect with other light workers, light warriors, to build up the light. And so people are like, oh, you know, like it's, we're winning the war. And I'm like, we are the small, it's David and Goliath. (laughs) I'm like, it's David and Goliath. And we're, we're going against Goliath. And this is for me personally, I, Would rather see the world as is, and I want to know what's happening underneath the surface, and I want to know what's going on so I could be prepared for it, and I'm not necessarily living in this, you know, nice, comfortable bubble, which is nice. I mean, we all have a choice, but this is my interpretation of it. And we all are here, you know, everyone has a part. Some people have missions, some people have grander missions, some people don't, and they're just here living their life. And that's good. That's cool. And I wish, and my want is for those who have reincarnated from another afterlife into this life to remember why they came here. So they could really stand and walk in their power to help assist with the lightning bulb that needs a lot more electricity,
1: (laughs) Jody, we need a lot more electricity to shine that light bulb, you know? What if, as you're sitting there shining your light, Mm -hmm. you remember who you really are. Mm -hmm. Now, if you can remember who you are, where you're from, and what you're supposed to be doing here on life, I think that you can really you have more than just a little bit of light here. You can actually access much more light by opening up your spirit and, and bringing that energy in to you and you will have much more light to be able to do be a light here on earth. And that's that's so simple. It really is.
0: It really is. remember who you are, remember where you came from and walk your path oh my goodness and it's just really all of this stems from us talking about the afterlife and overcoming any type of fear of the afterlife but it's being triumphant in yourself in overcoming everything that's happening within you and not being afraid really not being afraid going out there shining your light and
1: knowing that Our soul is immortal. I think that actually being aware of death, instead of putting it out there and saying, no, I don't want to think about that. Instead of putting it away from you, if you actually acknowledge, yes, this body will not be here forever, but the spirit will. Once, If you start thinking like that, you actually are able to live. And you know, you think of how many people that say, oh, no, I might. If I do that, I might die. If I do that, I might die. Or maybe if I die, I won't go to heaven. You know, you have all these fears, but you just remember who you are and you can live. You really can enjoy life because that fear isn't there anymore. You've got all that extra positive energy to go do something with.
0: And with that, we are going to end our beautiful episode. Thank you so much, Jody, for. Oh, thank you, Ms. Dow. Your your amazing light and your knowledge and expertise on near-death experiences and the afterlife. And I want to say thank you so much to everyone who has been listening and watch, listening to our podcast and watching our podcast. We love you and thank you so much for your support. We hope you have a fantastic week and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you.
1: Take care. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.